Welcome to the Anonymous Podcast. This episode will be a living clean study and commentary. The aim is to provide insight to and context of the material within our book, Living Clean. This is not a meeting of Narcotics Anonymous. However, there will be some similarities in how the study will be conducted. Each study will have the audio recorded and then published to the Anonymous Podcast. The overall goal is to provide a commentary of the text towards reaching those seeking a resource like this. If one person benefits from our efforts, including us, then our participation will be well worth the effort. We'll have the introductions, and then we'll jump into the text. Enjoy. All right, welcome back, everyone. This is episode 68 for the Living Clean Study for the Anonymous podcast. Uh, we're going to begin on page 244 with service changes our relationship. But first, we're going to give our introductions. Lee P., what's happening? Hey, Douglas, good to be back. Lee P., Attic. Uh, clean day, 827-87. My home group is the hybrid meeting of the Open Mind, New Orleans, Louisiana. Thanks, Lee. What's up, Jennifer? Hi, everyone. My name is Jennifer, and I'm an addict. My clean date is November 27th, 1992. I attend meetings in Sacramento, California, and my home group is the Journey Within. Thanks, Jennifer. What's up, Lisa? Hey, I'm Lisa. I'm an addict. My clean date is February 25th, 2012. I attend meetings in the Central Western Pennsylvania area, and my home group is Monday Night Miracles in Meadville. Thanks, Lisa. What's happening, Barb? Hey, Douglas. I'm Barbar. I live in the Panhandle of Florida. My clean date is 10-4-95, and my home group is a hybrid open mind meeting on Monday night. Thanks, Barb. I'm an addict. Name's Douglas. I got clean March 12, 2000 in Southwestern PA. I stay in the Raleigh, North Carolina area now. All right, folks, here we go. Episode 68 for the Living Clean Study for the Anonymous Podcast, page 244. Service changes our relationship. And Jennifer is going to facilitate. Take it away, Jen. Thanks, Douglas. Hey, Barb, do you want to start us off? Uh, that's a long paragraph, but uh, we could do the two book paragraphs. Two? Okay, sure. Yeah. Jen. Service changes our relationship to our lives. We learn to put love and gratitude into action, and when we mobilize our good feelings, they have a way of spreading through all our affairs. We are confronted with our defects and with each other's, and we find a way to work through them. The first time I chaired a committee, I discovered the true meaning of principles before personalities. Boy, did I grow, a member chuckled. In service, we meet others who are passionate about their recovery, and that excitement keeps us energized. For those, those of us who have always had difficulty fitting in, service can give us something to do and a reason to stay to the end of the meeting, the workshop, or the dance. In the meantime, we make the connections that change our lives. We learn about recovery in the process of serving, but also in the margins of the service we do. In the talks while we're setting up or cleaning up for an event or on the long ride to a service commitment, we make connections with others who are serious about recovery. A member shared, I've had to close my mouth when I wanted to open it and open my mouth when I wanted to close it. I had to try doing new things and stop doing old things that are no longer working. I've had to learn to ask for help, to delegate responsibilities, take risks and share. I've had to clean up some disgusting messes, both literal and figurative. What do I serve? It reinforces all the work I do in the steps. Some of us jump into service with both feet. We involve ourselves in just about every facet of what is going on, only to be rebuffed by members who have different ideas about how things need to be done. Or we make so many commitments that we cannot possibly keep them all and gradually get overwhelmed and resentful. We get discouraged and withdraw. We go from caring too much to not caring at all and back again. We find ourselves outside the fellowship we love looking in. We get lost in self-pity. After all, didn't we give it our best effort? Times like these try the spirits of even our most seasoned members. We may need to step aside from the type of service from that type of service for a moment and focus on our primary purpose. And I like that. I'm not one. Um, I've done, you know, my first home group was a ladies' meeting, and I opened that for years. That was service, you know. I uh, chair, there's a lot of ways to be a service. Douglas talks about making coffee. It used to be you'd empty ashtrays, clean ashtrays, you know, and mop. Now you don't have to do that as much. Um, 
I'm not one for the area, you know, God bless those like Lee and I think Lisa <laughs> do that, but that's not my cup of tea, <laughs> you know, but um, that's okay. You know, I sponsor girls, you know, that that's, that's service too, you know, and um, we find what fits and then, then, um, you know, we do that. And um, I don't know, I know service is important and service chairing meetings. You know, I, I haven't chaired a meeting in a while. It's probably time for me to step up and do that. It makes me feel a part of. So um, it's, it's very important that, I, that I'm involved in service. You know, I got three girls right now that I'm doing steps with and that just, um, that just invigorates my spirit. It does, you know, doing that because it's like being in the steps. You know, I've just started a set of steps with another fellowship, Al-Anon. And I'm really excited about that, you know, for me, because some of this stuff it talks about that, that you get some of the relationships and stuff in service. You know, I've had to um, delve even deeper into that. I, I don't know if it's because of um, I really was at an animalistic level because I was in the streets and stuff that, um, you know, it's been slower for me to be able to to um, build relationships and interact with people and stuff. You know, I'm not one for chit chat, <laughs> you know, and and all that social stuff. So um, it's been slower for me. And this other fellowship is helping me to really fine tune that and to um, discover boundaries and stuff. Because I was from a dysfunctional family and I didn't know, you know, about personal space or choices or a lot a lot of things that that I've I've had to learn in recovery. You know. That you guys, you know, I, I always heard that um, we teach each other how to treat us and we teach each other how to act. You know, I know in early recovery, my first sponsor told me we don't we don't dress like a hoochie mama in the rooms, you know, because I came in from the streets, you know, still be in the streets, you know, and um, thank God for the women. And I try to do that. I try to pay that forward, you know, is what I what I do. I just had something that happened and, and a girl told me um Thank you. I, I spoke in Pensacola and she said how she she texted me and said that she got um, a year clean and that my story really helped her um, get through some of the pain and some of the stuff she dealt with. And I and I just told her, pay it forward. You know, that's what you guys taught me. Pay it forward, you know, because I can never, ever, ever give back or pay what you guys have given me. But I always got to keep trying. So thanks. That's it for me. Thanks, Barb. Lisa. Hello. Um, so I relate to a couple of things in these couple passages, um, <clears throat> like that true meaning of principles before personalities. It's so weird. I was just on the phone with one of my sponsees telling her about this. Um, <clears throat> you know, I used to hear a lot of people kind of act like, well, if I don't like you or I don't agree with what you're doing or I think you're just acting out or whatever, like, I'm going to practice my principles before your personality and I'm going to be accepting of you and tolerant of you. Like I'm somehow like better than, and being in service taught me that like the real meaning of principles before personalities is that I need to learn how to practice the spiritual principles that I'm taught in narcotics anonymous in relation to my own personality. Right. Um, and for me, that connects to this other line here. I've had to close my mouth when I wanted to open it and open my mouth when I wanted to close it. Um, you know, like principles before personalities for me is like learning, like when it's just not necessary for me to put my two cents in, you know, when am I trying to like give advice that's not being asked for, or, um, you know, meddling things that are none of my business to put hands on. Um, and just kind of like Paul says all the time, shut the fuck up as a spiritual principle, right? I always think of that when I think of this principles before personalities thing, but in relation to that other line, Narcotics Anonymous also taught me how to stand up when it's necessary to do so, you know, in relation to like cleaning up disgusting messes, literally and figuratively. Um, you know, I've learned that sometimes doing the right thing in service, um, whether it's in sponsorship or, you know, right now I'm serving as area chair, you know, or whatever level of service I'm on, it doesn't really matter. You know, NA has taught me how to do the right thing, even when it's uncomfortable and even when it's ugly um, and how to like lean on the support of the fellowship when I have to make those difficult decisions to do what's right. Because like my natural state as an addict is to like do the chaotic thing that feels good, right? It's not to do the thing that's always right on, on principle level, right? I like to do the thing that feels good and the right thing doesn't always feel good. Um, <clears throat> and then like towards the end of this second passage, um, I like where it says um, we make so many commitments that we cannot possibly keep them all and gradually get overwhelmed and resentful. And then later it says we get lost in self-pity 
after all, we didn't, didn't we give it our best effort? For me, that, that relates back to the beginning about service changes our relationship to our own lives. That speaks to me um, on like the level of my home life. Um, because if I'm doing everything, if I'm doing everything in the house, right, and I'm keeping all these running to-do lists in my head and dishes and laundry and kids and meals and get here and be there at this time and do all of these things, and I'm not asking for help, I get resentful. And I think that that translates into service too. Um, and that's usually a sign for me if, if that resentment piece is coming up in service. Um, that's usually a sign for me that I'm not applying concepts. I need to step aside and let service rotate. If I'm feeling resentful that I'm doing everything in this house and other people aren't serving enough or other people, you know, aren't meeting my expectation, right? I need to step aside and let other people serve and allow other people to help me and be able to receive that help and that love. Um, Because reaching out for help, like we talked about, I think last week, maybe reaching out for help is also an act of love. Um, And I think that that just speaks to like my unrealistic expectations. If I can do it, then so should you. And even that like for myself isn't always good. So being in service teaches me how to kind of half-ass some stuff in a healthy way, right? Not do it all, not be it all, not act like I have to be in control of everything all the time. Uh, With that, I'll pass. Thanks so much, Lisa. Lee, jump on in. Thanks, Jen. And Barbara and Lisa stole my thunder. They said everything I wanted to say. Um, Early on, I was literally drug around to service weekends and had no idea what they were doing. But what I remember the most was my first sponsor telling me, Lee, you owe. And, you know, at the time, it didn't make a lot of sense to me. But as time went on, I, and I started receiving the, the gifts of the 12-step process, then I, I could see clearly I owed everything to Narcotics Anonymous, to what this fellowship uh, did to my life. So, so naturally, because of uh, the early service work, like Barb talked about ashtrays and mopping, and uh, Doug always talks about doing a great job. Somebody told me he did a great job mopping, and, and it built his esteem. And, and, and that's important if you're listening, like, when we do things early on that, that's esteemable, I remember feeling good about myself because I hadn't felt good about myself in 10 or 15 years. I can't remember how long it was before um, I got clean. And Barb always talks about street Barb. And I remember my first bottom was in 1985 where I lost all my wealth and houses and cars and everything. And I was living Outside of a, a, an, outside of an efficiency apartment that I, that I was literally locked out of because I couldn't maintain the rent because I couldn't stop using, and so it took me a long time to to get into the I don't know the groove of of, of this process, and service for me was was a huge part. Um, it it says there, and Lisa quoted that I discovered the true meaning of principles before personalities. And I often share with people, it's before my personality. It's not always your personality that I have to put the principles in front of. I can literally turn around and just walk away, not respond, not speak, not anything. Just look at you and just turn around and walk away. Because I don't want to owe you amends. I don't want to throw punch you anymore. And, and so sometimes walking away is the spiritual principle. Um, It says we learn about recovery in the process of serving, but also in the margins of the service. And if self-centeredness is the core of this disease, the, the ability to give back was directly proportionate or close, you know, you gotta tie the steps in, prayer and meditation, meeting attendance, Sponsorship, you got to tie all that in, but it was directly proportionate to the level of freedom that I received and am, I should say, am receiving. Because right now I have an inch, almost an inch and a half report sitting there, and I keep looking at it and I pick it up and then I set it down and then I go do something else. I'll come back and pick it up and open it up and then I'll set it down because I'm just not ready to, to drill down on it yet. 
And I will just as soon as one of the areas call and say, hey, we want a workshop because that's my service commitment. If I don't get fired hanging out with you guys in January. So you guys need to say some prayers. I could get kicked at the curb. One thing I need to I need to let them know, Barb, I've been kicked out of much nicer places than this. Thanks, guys. That's a lot of you. Thanks so much, Lee. I think in this, these paragraphs say a lot, but when it talks about service changing a relationship to our own lives, it really does hold true for me. You know, I, I came in here at 17 and I didn't know anything about anything but me, what I wanted and what I wanted to do. And, and so my whole life in Narcotics Anonymous, my whole adult life, I've been able to grow up in this process of service. And it's been really cool because it does it changes the relationship with my life in Narcotics Anonymous and it's changed the relationship with my life outside of Narcotics Anonymous. But everything that I learned started here in the rooms. Um, and I've been able to utilize that um, in many different facets. And it's, it's been really cool because, you know, I always say this, like all I ever did was take, you know, and now I can give. And, um, and, and, and that's a really good place to be. And, and <clears throat> when it talks about, we go from caring too much to not caring at all. And then back again, like, you know, I spent probably, I don't even know how long I was in area service. And, you know, I would go through these phases where I would, you know, be at the microphone yelling, whatever I thought my opinion was. And often it was a very antiquated opinion of, you know, 10 years ago or whatever, you know, when you've been around here for a minute, like the way things used to be and as they transition and change and we fight it a little bit and then going back to men and it's like, fuck it. I don't care what you guys do, do whatever you want. And, and I'm not going to be a part of it. And then I've gone back and, you know, uh, I've been able to go back on kind of more of a middle of the road process where I can play devil's advocate, but I don't have to like lose my mind. Um, but it's really cool because when it talks about um, why do I serve? Well, it reinforces all the work I do in the steps, which takes me back to learning how to care enough, but not so much that I'm yelling at everybody and judging and shaming them. So um with that, we will go on to the next. Lee, do you want to read the next two paragraphs for us? Starting with, do you uh, want to yes, be let go? Thanks, thanks Jen. Mm -hmm. um, when we let go of the distraction, our recovery can begin a new chapter. In the meantime, we stay clean and a lot of good can get done. The solution begins in the 10 step. We reflect on our motives and service. Are we trying to force our view of how NA does things on, on others? Or do we truly want to be helpful? Can we step out of ourselves long enough to allow someone else to have a chance sometimes? Our experience gives us knowledge of what has and has not worked. We can share that without trying to control the outcome. When we start taking it all very personally, we might want to consider whether it's time to step back. Knowing when to let go of a point, a decision, or a position takes prayer and practice. Rotation is an important principle in service for our own well-being and for our fellowship as well. <clears throat> Excuse me. Service can be an escape or it can give us access to new parts of ourselves by allowing skills and interests to surface. When we think we're climbing a ladder, using our position as proof of some kind of success, that's just ego in action. But when we're giving back out of gratitude, selflessly, and with the best in interests of the whole at heart, we find that the experience can be as rewarding as it is productive. When we are spiritually awake, we need to be of service and we have to do the step work to handle it. And that, that really covers almost all of it. The end of that second paragraph, um, through the 12 steps, I became awake. I was talking about that last night at the meeting. And through the traditions, and it was real weird how it lined up in, in my career, um, where after about four and a half or five years, I stayed at this one job for 18 years. Um, I was in a position where they started asking me, what did I think we should do? And I would freak out, man. I would be like, we need to take a five minute break. And I would, they'd be like, what's the matter? I'm like, no, I just had to go to the restroom. And I would go in the restroom and get on my knees and start praying. Like, 
to the God of my understanding for some sort of answer, some sort of direction. I don't know that I, I ever use service as a form of an escape. Um, I've, I've always kind of had, well, not always, that wouldn't be true. Let me rephrase that. For the most part in my recovery, there's been, you know, the first five years, there was no balance whatsoever. I just swung on the pendulum from side to side, passing the balance up every time. But, but shortly thereafter, for some reason, probably the 12-step process, I started to become more and more grounded. And so I started getting, you know, an equal portion of work and family and uh, relationship and service work and sports or whatever interests I had at the time, scuba diving. And, and I was able to keep my life, I was, I don't know if I was able to, I was given this balance in my life that, that kept me pretty grounded. Um, I also like the other part about knowing when to let go of a point, a decision or a position. And it takes prayer and practice. And at our last zone, we were up in North Texas and uh, I was kind of caught up in the grieving process and someone poked me almost deliberately and I kind of I kind of snapped back and then I caught myself and I immediately you know amended the whole the whole room and that person which is another part of this process um but the spirit of rotation I think is super important that's why I'm so excited about uh July 20 23, baby. Yeah. We're rolling out. We're rolling out. So that's plenty out of me, Jennifer. Thank you. Thanks, Lee. Lisa, go ahead. Thanks. Um, pretty rad, Shirley. Thank you. Um, you know, I just kind of want to touch on because I feel like I got a little ahead of myself without realizing it when I shared earlier. Um, I, I just want to touch on the idea of when we think we're climbing a ladder, using our position as proof of some kind of success, that's just ego in action. Um, you know, that's that kind of makes me laugh because like for me, like I mentioned, like I'm currently serving as area chair, but I'm not like in a position where I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm area chair, I'm in charge of NA. That's like saying, well, I think I'm the best of the worst. I, essentially, I guess, you know, like <clears throat> um, that just doesn't sit with me. I don't know. Um, but I was taught, you know, that the home group is the highest level of service, um, you know, and like our literature tells us that sponsorship is the heartbeat of the program. So in my experience, I feel that like, for me, the highest honor in service is in sponsorship and then in home group. Um, and, and really from there, it, it goes downward in my experience, you know, like area answers to the home groups, region answers to area, you know, zone, world, and all of that stuff moving forward. Um, and I think that sometimes it's very easy to forget that, you know, ultimately, according to our service structure, world answers to the home group. You know, they are accountable to us, not the other way around. So if I'm like moving to a place where I'm serving at area or I'm serving at region, I'm not moving up. <laughs> right so like to act like being chair of area or chair of region or to serve at those like quote-unquote higher levels like that's just not accurate in what I was taught in the program that's not accurate in our literature that's not accurate in my experience um you know and it kind of makes me laugh like trying to be somebody in an anonymous fellowship um because at the end of the day too like there's nothing really glamorous about <laughs> serving in some of those positions they can be overwhelming and frustrating but that's why I find that they help me to grow is because they are challenging. They do cause me to be in position with other people who I might not normally come into contact with. Um, and that, that service experience generalizes into the rest of my life and allows me to be more effective in the world in general. Um, but I don't grow when I'm comfortable in a cushy, you know, corner penthouse office with the windows. You know, I grow when I'm in the trenches in service next to people who maybe I don't always really see eye to eye with. Um, you know, and that's like, for me, that's a reflection of giving back out of gratitude. I don't really know what else would motivate me to do some of that, um, you know, uncomfortable service other than the fact that, you know, like Lee mentioned, I owe, I owe some things to narcotics. I owe everything, everything I have to Narcotics Anonymous. And with that, I'll pass. Thanks, Lee. Thanks, Shirley. Lisa, go ahead. 
Thanks, Lisa. We, we talked last week about, you know, service is not a position in the committee, it's a posture in the heart, right? And, and it's funny how when you brought up the ladder piece, like, you're right, it's not a ladder that we're doing. In fact, we're going closer to where we have to still continue to answer the home group, right? Instead of it being in the home group. Um, and I guess, you know, and I just go back to the same thing. When I, when I read that paragraph about, you know, it, you know the ladder and ego and action, you know, if we're giving back out of gratitude uh, with our best interest, the whole heart, we find it's the most productive, right? And I get back to that place. Like, I want to be practicing recovery-based service. I want to be in my recovery. I want to be in the process. I want to be of service to the fellowship and not get stuck in that I'm this position, I'm that position. And, you know, I, I you know, when we talk about knowing when it's time to step away, you know, I did the secretariat area for what felt like it felt like forever and I loved it and it was a great position and it was, it was, I was using all of the skills that I had and I was able to really, you know, um, work with the committee well and but what happened for me was, is that I realized, you know, we weren't doing the rotation of service. It was, oh, so-and-so will just continue to be the area chair and we'll just vote him in again and then, you know, Jennifer will be the secretary again and then same person will be the treasurer, but then they're the events treasurer, right? And so we're really not, and it, there was this big shakeup, right, when COVID happened where, like we all realize like we have to start letting other people participate in the process so we don't fizzle out and burn out. But it was weird because I didn't know what to do on the first Friday of the month for the longest time because I had a very specific way of like I did this and I went to area and I did this and I saw these people and and it became this habitual thing for me. So, you know, I had to go find another service position and I ended up in my home group being the treasurer, you know. So, I mean, it all worked out at the end of the day. Um, but it's really interesting how you can get stuck in like I, I, I was doing well and it was good for me to be of service but I wasn't allowing anybody else in the fellowship to do that process and, and neither were other members of the committees in our intent to feel like we were doing good and so we mentored these people and you know and Aries been going strong guess what for three years without me right so I'm clearly not that important and I need to remember that stay right size so um Douglas you want to read the the next two paragraphs for us starting with we find a balance yeah sure thanks all right, folks, here we go. We find the balance between service inside and outside NA as well. We care for one another in little ways, taking someone to a meeting or bringing a meal to a sick friend. The program allows each of us to find the ways we are most comfortable giving and the ways we are most comfortable asking for help. We confront our limitations, including the limits of our compassion, and learn to be realistic about what we can, can and cannot do. Uh, when we have experience in service, we can be a resource and a mentor for others. We do that in the spirit of humility when we are committed to bringing more members into the process without retaining control. Patience, kindness, and trust are key to the process. If we treat others with trust and respect, we're likely to re receive it in turn. We can lead by example, helping to guide discussion and focus energy without trying to influence the outcome. Participating without uh, seeking the illusion of control sets the model for the rest of our lives. In whatever capacity we find ourselves, we serve in A with dedication and love when we serve with humility. Although we sometimes associate leadership with a lack of humility for us, it's refusing to serve at all that fosters our egoism and impatience. Uh, service is always humbling. We learn to be servants. We walk through all of our ego stuff on the way. When we forget that we are just a small part of a greater whole, we are in trouble. Um, yeah, you know what? So, some uh, some comments that's been made. I always appreciate when I hear you talk about that, Lee. Um, that you know, I, I I could pay everything back and still be indebted, and I feel that way. You know, I really do, man. It speaks to my spirit. I just, um, you know, it's a, you know, there's some perspective of like, hey, I I try to give back because it ultimately helps me, or you know, I do the and here, you know, a couple paragraphs ago, I was talking about like when I'm serving or helping other people the work that I'm doing in the steps become real or reinforce that. I don't know. I don't know if, if I align with those things, but I really do just feel this like right here, like, Hey man, I'm indebted. You know, this is, it's like a sense of duty, you know, that I feel. And, and I get down with that. Um, I guess some comments that I'm going to make is like, I, I can see how these two paragraphs really apply outside of NA, you know, it's a, like um, I learned to be of service in, in other areas. Um, and, and at least it was really cool. I didn't know this. I never heard this debate like within NA about um, is sponsorship a form of service or not. 
you know, and, and there's a, there's a debate, especially on the West coast. It's really, you know, I just learned this recently. I never, I never really experienced like a discussion about that, you know, and like one group of one, one thought is, well, sponsorship isn't service and one is, and I thought that was kind of neat to, you know, do we look at that as a service work or not? I don't know. Um, but, but folks where I'm at really, man, I'm just, give me some grace if I try to tie this in, but what, what, what I take from, from these two paragraphs, I'm fucking struggling being a dad, man. I just am. And so I'm looking at this, like through the lens of like of that, my, my boy is 15 and a half and there ain't fuck all I can do. Right. I can't say anything right. I can't do anything right. And, and, um, and I'm just, and so, so, you know, I find myself, um, not being, so in the second paragraph, when it talks about patience, kindness, and trust, if I treat, so if I treat my son with trust and respect, I'm likely to receive it in turn. And I haven't been doing that, you know, and I guess, so yeah, man, I guess that's the, that, that's the connection there. I can apply it. Like if I look at being, being a father is a position of service, which is a really kind of cool way to look at that. Um, you know, because big picture, man, I believe that HP selected me to be my, you know, my two sons, their dad. And, uh, so I get to serve them in that way. And bro, I've been, I've been fucking serving them just like the asshole at area or, or convention committee or whoever it is who wants to like ram his shit through. And that's the way I've been trying to come at my sons. Like you do this because I tell you, and this shit don't work, man. And I don't want to stop doing it. And that's how my old man was to me. You know what I'm saying? Like he, I was scared to death of them, of him. And my, most of my life, I was just really afraid of him. And, and I see myself saying the same shit, you know, and doing that. But anyway, um, so I guess here's some action items that I have. Maybe I could hit my son with some trust and respect and says I'm likely to receive that in return. And I learned that through you guys, too. You know, I can sit in meetings with people that I don't <laughs> I just don't fucking like and I know they're wrong and I can still love them, you know, and and uh and then in the first paragraph talks about being realistic about what we can and cannot do, man. There's just some things that I can't do. Um, and I guess my fear comes in. Like, I feel like I, I, I should, or maybe is my commitment to staying clean less than because there's some things that I can't do. You know, I struggle with that a lot too. Um, there. So look, I, 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 some of this, I don't think applies to me. Like I'm looking at the bottom of the last few sentences. Um, I'm, I'm pretty much a say yes when anything in the NA, I try to say yes and then figure out how to make it work. So I don't think the refusal, you know, of serving um, is an issue. Uh, it's kind of how I've been taught, you know, came up in NA, you might say yes and then figure figure out how to make it work. Um, you know, folks, so, so I think that's where, that's where I'm at. That's how I can tie the comments into, you know, it's just when I, as I'm reading this, man, I was just applying it to where, to where I am in my life, you know, kind of like, it just, it, it, it bleeds through. And I think that's a, you know, that's okay. All right, Jen, I want to pass with that. Thanks for sharing, Douglas. Uh, Barb, go ahead. Thanks, Jen. Douglas, you really touched me when you're talking about being a parent, you know, in teenage years, I thought I would lose my mind the teenage years and try being 50 and raising and, and raising a teenager that's just like me, no less, you know. So it was, um, it was hard, but you know what? Parenting was one of, as hard as it was. And I didn't do it right. I didn't do it all right, but I did a lot of things right. Thanks to recovery and thanks to recovery. I get to go back and repair the stuff that I didn't do right. I'm doing that today too. But um, it was one of the most rewarding things I did in recovery too, you know, and, and I did do a lot right. You know, the program, we we can, we do have a lot to give. My, my son has the program all in him, don't even know it, you know, and, and that in itself was something that, um, that was more than I got. So we just do the best we can, you know, we do the best we can. And I like a couple, um, rotation is an important principle and service for our own well-being and for our fellowship as well. Um, I learned about that. There was, a you know, there was a meeting here that became this girl's meeting. She started, it became her meeting and that meeting folded and went under, you know, and that was important for me. You know, our meetings don't need to take on my personality or somebody's personality, their NAs, per, you know, they're, they're, they might have an atmosphere, but that was important for me. And I, I helped start a meeting that I, I attend some here in Fort Walton, Clean and Serene. 
And I remember my sponsor telling me, because we were doing everything, me and another girl, Nan. And I remember my sponsor telling me, there'll come a time when you need to step back. And, and I did that. And, and, it, you know, and a lot of times people say, oh, nobody will do it if I don't do it. Yeah, they will. Step back and get out of the way. Somebody steps up, you know. And then I like this. Um, we confront our limitations, including the limits of our compassion, and learn to be realistic about what we can and cannot do. You know, I have learned to say no. And my sponsor tells me, you know, I work, I clean houses. I, a lot of like now I'm off the weekends, but a lot of times I work six days a week. And my sponsor has taught me that two women in the steps, I get two women to take through the steps with my schedule because otherwise I'm not being fair to them and I'm not being fair to me. You know, and that's, that's worked well for me. And I say that, and I got three women right now, but that's it. My sponsor said, no more because I kind of him hawed and was was saying was owning this you know and uh, my sponsor said no more and and I'll listen I won't because you know I I have had people that were there for me I mean if I called they were there you know and I I need to do the same in return so I need to know where my limitations be realistic about what I can do and cannot do or you know and I think it becomes ego if I don't do that too you know, and, and one of the women I've taken, I need to say this out loud too, and I've talked to my sponsor some, but one of the women I took on, the third one, was I talked about the girl that was my friend that um, we got clean together. She got eight years, went back out, almost died, sent me the text about amnesia, and she's got heart trouble. She's, she's killing herself. You know, now she stopped. But she asked me, she always used the other fellowship, and she asked me to do NA steps with her. And I said, yes, but I, I have to keep remembering, carry the message, not the addict, because it breaks my heart because I see her dying. You know, if she don't get this, she's going to die. And I know I can't, I can't get her clean and I can't get her high. But, um, you know, it's, it's when you get situations like this where your feelings are involved too, you know, you, I need to talk about it. I need to stay close to my sponsor and um, I need to be aware of what's going on within me too you know so so I'm I'm trying to do that and and um and do the steps with her you know trying to save my friend too well not trying to um you know give her what I've been given see I'm not saving her but anyway I don't know I'm grateful to be here and I'm grateful to be clean and um I'm grateful that I got something to give today when I came in for many years I didn't sponsor because I didn't have nothing to give you know and today I think I do have a little bit so I'm grateful. Thanks. Thanks, Barb. Lee, go ahead. Thanks, Jennifer. And, and thanks, Barb, for those comments. And Doug, Rohim, I felt you. Um, <clears throat> I've never been a biological father. I've been a dad. Um, and you kind of brought me back to, to when I was married. My, my ex-wife had a daughter by her first marriage. And uh, I don't know, maybe five months into it, I would come home, man, and I would want to just be left alone. Like, I work hard all day, come home, turn on the TV, just leave me alone. And my grand sponsor had called me, and I was like, just fresh out of a, a disagreement with my wife. And he asked me what was up, so I explained it to him. And, and he said, describe your dad to me. And I was like, what did he say? And what I ended up describing to him was someone who sat in front of the TV, don't mess with him, leave him up alone. And I had in fact become my parent, man. And, and it bothered me so much that I, I, really, I really, for me, I had to do a lot of work on myself. Um, and right now I'm the patriarch of my siblings and my phone hasn't stopped vibrating this entire time. And so I'm having to put principles for my siblings because like, I really want to say quit effing texting me right now, but like that, I'm not going to, I'm just not going to respond. So anyway, um, you know, it, it talks about uh, patient kindness and trust, their keys to this process and, and how I treat other people. And, and especially in the service arena, and, and through 
uh, what's called the facilitator now, I've really learned the importance of making sure people know that they're heard in, in the service exchange, which is way different from, from what I was raised in, um, which is, is okay too, because when somebody says to me, well, we've been doing it this way for 10 years, immediately my, my, I go, I kind of, you know what I mean? Like, stop, let me just go get a cup of water. I'll be right back, you know, because I got to kind of reboot and reset because that is not our fellowship. Our fellowship is in flux. It's, it's an evolving uh, I don't know the word I'm searching for. It's, it's, it's constantly uh, in, in flux and motion. And I drew a little diagram after Lisa had shared about how, yeah, we go down the service structure. There's no, there's the members, the pinnacle of, of our of our system. Um, and just another couple of comments. I've watched people refuse to serve at all. And it says here that that fosters egoism and impatience. Uh, and that service is always humbling. And there's probably like one guy left. Cause you know, we used to call it class of 87, like there were eight or 10 of us. I think there's like one guy left who's still involved in the fellowship. And I watched the other ones refuse, you know, to, to be of service and now I don't know I mean, they might be living their lives. I don't know. They might be living large somewhere. I just got freaking goosebumps everywhere when I said that. Because um, I only see this one cat. My phone is still blowing up. Um, I only see this one guy, and it's like maybe once a week on Friday nights. And so the formula, what's critical to my recovery is the formula that I was given still works today and and i was talking to somebody earlier about uh last night our meeting was on the 12 step and surrender and they were talking about they had kind of gone back to sleep and i asked what were you doing differently now that you know what were you doing before when you were more woke i don't even like to use those terms because of the, the outside stuff connected to it but but what they identified was they weren't doing the things that they were doing. And so we've talked about this on, on the podcast and, and to you guys listening, you've heard us talk about it. if you're doing the basics, you never, you never have to get back to them. And so I find bringing those to service, uh, bringing a position of humility, the deconstruction of my ego through the 12 step process, those are what creates the, I don't even know what to call that, the, uh, the success of, of being in service. And Douglas, I'm going to keep you and my nephews in prayer. For real. Thanks, Jen. Oh, there she is. Thanks, Paul. I mean, sorry. Lee. What did you say? What did you say to me? Aiden, if you're standing right there, you can choke your mom for me. Choke her. Aiden, come back. Aiden, come back. I'll PayPal you a lot of money, buddy. Just okay. kidding. Just kidding. I apologize. All right. I was in a different mindset. Okay. We're going to go to the next reading. Lisa, can you save me here? <laughs> as soon as I pick myself up off the floor. What? We can tell who our favorite podcast character is. All right. <laughs> there are some words we use differently in NA than in the rest of the world. When we talk about addiction, for example, we are addressing a spiritual disease that affects all areas of our lives. When we share about sanity, we're not interested in clinical definitions. We look to our own experience for a practical understanding that works for us. And when we talk about leadership in NA, we're not implying that some members have more power or authority over uh, than others. Leadership here is about sharing our experience in a spirit of humility and unity. We practice leadership in NA by serving selflessly. Whatever our service, we remember the suffering addict in all that we do. 
and we practice acceptance, courage, and action. Responsibility is one of the most important principles we practice in NA, and service is one of the best ways we learn to practice it. Service keeps us involved with and surrounded by recovery, and it gives us opportunities to practice acceptance as well. By sharing our experience with other addicts, we gain a deeper understanding of ourselves. Seldom do addicts stay clean for long without practicing selfless service in one form or another. NA gives freely, but there's only so much we can simply take from the program. After a while, the rewards are not from what we are given, but from what we give. The real work begins here, and not all of us are up to it. Reaping rewards means we must sow the seeds through action. There's responsibility in recovery, and it begins with taking responsibility for our recovery. Uh, so there's a lot in there. Um, so this, what I just read, kind of um, sparks my memory back to a conversation I was having earlier today. Um that was like work related, um, but my work also kind of connects to recovery. So um, someone had made a statement that there's like a corner of our community that believes in a program, like the long and short is there are people in our community saying like sponsorship doesn't work, the steps don't work. Um, and the reason that they're saying this is because they feel that sponsorship reflects that one is better than another, right? If I sponsor you, it's because I'm better than you. It's because I'm better at recovery than you are. Um, and they don't believe in it. So, you know, whatever. And, and the rest of it is unrelated. But when I think about this, like little passage here on leadership, um, you know, this is exactly like the antidote to that diseased thinking for me, right? Um, leadership is not about being better or lesser, like our literature tells us that no one is better or lesser here. We are simply here to share our experience, strength and hope. Are there people walking the path before me who are maybe a little bit more experienced in the program than me? Absolutely. And I want what they have. So I'm going to ask for their experience and I'm going to do what they do because that's what I was taught to do. Um, you know, like if I want 30 years clean, I'm going to call Jen and see what she does on the daily to get there, you know, and that goes for <laughs> we molasses cookies and call people by the wrong name. Um, but if that's what keeps us clean today, that's what keeps us clean today, right? I can vibe with oatmeal raisin. It's cool. Um, you know, and it says like remembering the suffering addict and all that we do, like that's me. Like I'm the suffering addict and all that I do. Um, and that's the reason why I need to continue giving in the way that like this passage is talking about, because for me, like I've shared a thousand times on the podcast, my disease is one of self-centeredness. My disease calls me to take as much as I can from the world around me, from the people around me, um, and not give a fuck who that affects, right? And uh, including myself, I don't care, you know, when I'm taking and I'm using and I'm doing whatever, and I can use, I can put down the drugs and I can use people just the same way to feel or to not feel. Um, and I don't always even care how that affects me. I don't care about the pieces of myself that I have to give away in that process, let alone the pieces I have to take from you. Um, you know, so I, I was taught that that's, you know, the, the opposite of that is giving back to the program that helps to save my life. And I like the piece where it says it service gives us opportunities to practice acceptance as well. Um, I think for me, like that acceptance piece starts with acceptance of myself. Uh, cause when I came into NA, like I was all kinds of fucked up. I had no sense of self. I had no, no self-esteem, no confidence, um, and service, you know, like I was taught, like, if you want self-esteem, do esteemable shit. Right. Um, and service gave me an opportunity to say like, Hey, I accomplished something today. You know, I swept a floor, I put chairs away. I emptied an ashtray. Um, you know, I did something for somebody else today. Um, and that led me down this path of like, I'm not going to say I'm totally self-accepting today, but I get there, right. Like I get close some days, you know, some days are better than others, but you know, giving as much of myself as freely as I can in service um, allows me to take responsibility. And, you know, I always come back to like, um, it costs nothing to be a member, but membership will require much of us. And I think in the guiding principles in tradition one, um, there's a question about um, like, does my responsibility in NA change the longer I'm here? I'm paraphrasing, but do I have more responsibility the longer I'm here? And I believe that I do. I do. I have a responsibility to show up in service. The more NA gives me, the more I'm responsible to give back. If NA gives me a home and a life and a relationship and a family and 
you know, I'm not a biological parent, but you guys are like touching my heart. Cause like, I have no fucking clue how to be a parent. I've been a step parent for three years and I'm still clueless. And you guys teach me how to be a parent all the time. Um, <laughs> it's okay. You guys are good at it. You know, <laughs> you're doing better than you're feeling. Um, you know, like I learn all of that stuff, but I, you know, I get that from you guys who have those things that the program has given and you're taking responsibility for sharing it with me. And I'm going to take responsibility for sharing it with somebody else because that's how we keep what we have. Um, so with that, I will pass. Thanks so much, Lisa. Um, go ahead, Douglas. Thanks, Jen. Yeah, the, these two paragraphs are cool. I, I like how Salem do addicts stay clean um, for long without practicing selfless service in one form or another. Uh, the, the, and, and then the, the other things I have highlighted kind of reinforce that the rewards are not from what we are given when we give and, and, and all this, but, uh, it, it goes, it goes with that, you know, with that piece, man, of, of saying like, focus on that magic six letter word, you know, others must serve somebody who are you helping. And was it last week when we talked about, we read, there's some meetings that close with, um, go help somebody or something like that. I haven't been to a meeting, you know, that closes like that, but man, I, might fuck around and start that around here or something, you know, that's just, it, it, it's really cool um, to do that. But, and, and then uh, at least I want to make a comment on something that you said too. I don't know. I don't know if I necessarily see it that way of like, if NA is giving me a house and a spouse, you know, whatever, like I have that much more to give back because there's been seasons where, you know, when my first wife, you stay clean long enough. Now you can, you can, you can grab up a couple and then, you know, have a couple X, Y's, but my, so my son's, uh, mother look man you know she relapsed she went on a run and it was like I was man I was getting a $34 overdraw fee every week I couldn't you know I was bouncing like I was trying to make things you know uh make things work fucking didn't know where she was barely getting the boys situated but I still felt indebted to NA you know what I mean? Like didn't have the spouse or didn't really, you know, didn't have shit. So I don't know if like the material thing that we gain is in proportion to, to, to our responsibility. I do know this though, man, the, the, the one thing that I've struggled with and, 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 and I, and I shared about this a, a whole bunch. I used to be real quick to tell somebody, man, you're fucking up and what the fuck's wrong with you, you know, this and this and, 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 and just come at them like that. And I, and I don't, pretty much anymore like maybe like the last five years i've really chilled out with that and and um and i've and i'm I'm confused man i really am i'm just confused like where my responsibility as a recovering addict who's been clean for a little while and you know in in someone's commitment begins and like where's that overlap at and what that looks like i'm in i struggle with that man i really do to the point there check this out is is a, a guy that, that that we love man that we kicked it down in, in new orleans and who's been here in in, in stuff and, you know he went on a run not a, a while ago and uh and yesterday i got word that he's in a detox right now i still have a couple boxes of his stuff you know here at my place and here's how cool the hp is is that may if he lives through it he gets out he may reach out and say hey, i need my stuff come over hey bro let's go to a meeting you know hp works that stuff out man we just have to be in line you know, with, with that stuff, but man, is this, is this not really speaking to that point of like, but what do we do? We're, we're the selfless service, you know, in our, in, 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 in our responsibility say, no, look, you know, you do this, this, and this, because I've seen for the last 20 years, if you don't, this is what happens. You know, like we're, how, how, do, how does that all mix? I really struggle with that, man. I really do. Cause on one hand, and that, I know I'm probably over my three minutes, Jen. I'm gonna kick it back to you, but but uh, uh, part of me is like, bro, we have to we have to just sit back. People are gonna do what they want to do, and 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 you know, and all that stuff. But fuck, man, the other half is I got clean at 16, didn't know fuck all what to do with my life, and and those guys put me on a, a just a proven plan. It was like you're gonna do this, 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 and this. And it won't give a fuck if you feel like praying. You're praying. Don't care if you you know. We didn't text, you know, so it was like I called my sponsor and two other guys each day, you know, and, 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 and all that. Um, I'll struggle with that, man. I just do. I don't know if like the culture of NA's changed. I just become like Jen's friend says, you know, don't be a pussy. <laughs> you know, I don't know if like that's happened to me. I don't know. I just don't know where I'm at with it, but I, but I struggle with it, you know, and, and uh, 
don't know if that made any sense. I, but I'll kick it back to you, Jen. Clean that up for me. It's usually me telling Dan that, so <laughs> that's my 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 verbiage to Dan. Uh, thanks, Douglas. I, you know, I want to go back just a couple paragraphs because I think it ties into this where it talks about participating without seeking the illusion of control sets the model for the rest of our lives. And for anybody who's not heard me talk about this before, like control is my favorite drug in Narcotics Anonymous. Um, I've thrived off of it. I've forced it, you know what I mean? Like, and man, if service has taught me nothing else, um, like I'm not in fucking charge. I'm really not. Um, and that illusion has led me to some very uncomfortable moments, very uncomfortable eighth and ninth steps, you know, where I've, you know, charged in um, thinking I know shit and I should do shit and you should do it the way that I say it needs to be done because that's the right way. Um, and so my responsibility today, fast forward, you know, even though I still participate in that illusion sometimes is really, you know, my responsibility is to be the the service the best way I know how and what I've been taught so that the people coming behind me don't think they should do it the way that I was doing it before because it's not pretty you know and and um you know there's no humility in control there's no I'm not a servant when I'm in control right like I am I am stuck in self and and I just I don't want to live like that anymore but it's a really difficult uh train to get off of when my disease tells me that I'm doing a really good job at being in charge, you know? And so it's this constant practice of, of step work, you know, and service. And like, it does really tie in for me, you know, um, and it's probably in a lot of seasons in my recovery been able, I've been able to really work on stuff based on either behavior at a service level or behavior with my sponsees or behavior with, um, you know, whatever, you know, at home with my kids, you know, I'm also the mother of teenagers who, you know, could, you know, like probably flip me off behind my back all the time. But, um, well, I mean, I actually know they do, but you know, it's, it's, it's one of those things. And, 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 and today, you know, that my, my willingness to be a servant and my willingness to uh, participate in service outside of, you know, what I think should the way that I think it should be done is really the growth and the change in me that I get to pass on to others, you know, and, and I watch other people in the same process, learn it, you know, and then I go to them, you know, and so, and, 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 and what Lisa was talking about, like, you know, some hierarchy or something with, with sponsorship and, and all that other stuff. It's like, man, I don't know where I would be if there weren't people that came here before me that did this. Like, I was like, Douglas, I was 17. I knew shit. I knew how to get high and I knew how to hustle and I, I didn't have any living skills. Um, and, and I don't know what addict comes in with like great living skills. So if there wasn't somebody to show me how to cope with life, I'd be fucking high. I'd probably be dead to be perfectly honest with you. I mean, I was close to, to dying as I was ever going to be at 17. I don't think I would have made it to 47. Um, you know, and, and, and I, I just really feel, um, and I'll talk about the West Coast thing with the sponsorship thing real quick, just because I'm on the West Coast. And, and it's this big thing. And this is argument that I see people have all the time of being a sponsor is your 12, you know, sponsorship is your 12th step. Being of service is outside of that 12th step. And, um, and it's this big thing. And I don't know where I, I don't know, you know, I kind of fall in, in a weird spot with that. Um, but I'll tell you what, you know, you get in a couple newcomers under your belt that you're sponsoring, man, and, and it's the most service I've ever done, you know, whether it's driving them to meetings or, you know, taking the, 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 the midnight calls about some drama that's going on in their life. And, you know, my sponsor did for me, like, if it was not, if I wasn't going to get loaded, she'd be like, call me in the morning and she'd hang up on me. Cause I'd call her at midnight over a boyfriend drama, you know, she's like, I fucking go to work in the morning. And I wasn't working. I didn't know shit. So anyway, I digress with that, but, uh, and it's an interesting concept to, to think about, you know, am I sponsoring people? Am I of service to the fellowship? Like, where does that line go? And, and, you know, I'm okay with what I'm doing. That's what I know. And my sponsor is okay with what I'm doing. So I'm going to keep doing that. But, um, but yeah, so we've kind of reached the end of this evening. Uh, thanks everyone for hanging out with us tonight. And we'll be back next week.
Thank you for walking with us on this journey. Please reflect on what was discussed and apply it to your life. Share this resource with anyone you feel led to do so.